What's up, everybody? Welcome to the hottest podcast everybody in the world is talking about. No judgments here. I am your host, Mike, and with me, as always, is Mr. Worldwide, Will. How you doing this evening, sir? Yes, sir. Mike, doing well. How are you doing? Happy uh, Sunday night of what is, I have no idea what the date is. April 25th. April 25th. Happy last week of April. Happy last week of April. We've survived. It's been uh, it's a beautiful day here today. How was it in good old Arkansas? Absolutely agree. It was about 75 degrees. We went on a nice 40-minute uh, walk out there. We sat out in the backyard Sweet. for a good 45 minutes to an hour. So, yeah, it was a beautiful, beautiful day. Beautiful. Awesomeness. Great. Well, uh, the rest of your week's good then? Yeah, we're and we're both uh, vaccinated. Nice. Yes. I got my second shot as well. Yes. That's a good thing. Just got to get through the two-week process of, uh, well, I don't know, they say 14 days after and you're yeah. good to roll or something like that. So yeah, yeah, did, yeah, did yeah. you did you have any side effects on your second shot? I did, yes. Tuesday. So I had my shot on Monday. Tuesday was a rough one. I had a, a fever of about 100 degrees most of the day. Uh, I had to call into work. Um, I, my, my body was aching. Uh, my arm was really sore. Um, I was really fatigued. I went to I went back to sleep around 11 a.m. Woke up around 3:30 p.m. and then went back to sleep at 6:30 p.m. for the rest of the night. I woke up the next day at 6:30, um, ready to go to wow. work and and ready to roll. So, uh, luckily, I slept through most of it. But uh, when I was awake, I certainly was not feeling well. Yeah, what about uh, you? I mean, I, I I was achy. I mean, more so than normal. I mean, I always have aches and pains, um, but you know, just because my knees and my ankles are shot, but I mean, it was more so than normal, and I didn't sleep a whole lot, and I didn't have a fever. Um, had a little bit of stomach issues. That was really about it. So, but those were gone within a day or two. So I was good to go. Yeah, it was it was one day and one day only. I felt great the rest of Monday. I, I felt kind of a, a like a high euphoria feeling, pretty much yeah. the entirety of Monday. And I did a pod for off the reels that particular night, and, and I giggled throughout. So I was feeling really good when I went to bed <laughs> about eleven o'clock. Um, but uh, yeah, Tuesday was a different story, and then Wednesday I was right back to normal. So just just good. a small hiccup in the whole thing. So no well, worries. Good. I mean, you know what? Going forward, hopefully, uh, you know, more people get vaccinated and we can get back to normal. Um, we are seeing a lot more tours start opening up. I think and. Um, I didn't really see a whole lot of cancellations this week, but I'm sure we'll get us rolling, brother. No, yeah, you're right. Uh, there were, I don't think I have any news of cancellations, um, actually. Um, the only one, and it doesn't impact us, or excuse me, the type of music we listen to, uh, but there's a huge festival that happens in Vegas every Memorial Day weekend um, oh. called, uh, now I can't think of the name, dang it, uh, it's a, it's an EDM festival, and they get like 100,000 people uh, to this festival. Well, Vegas told them they couldn't do it uh, in Memorial Day, um, and, th- and this festival had been, uh, EDC is what it's called, Electric Daisy Festival, or Carnival, I believe is yeah. what it's called. Yeah, um, yep. And uh, th- these these promoters had kind of been holding their fans uh, hostage, basically, the entire time. They had just announced within the last three weeks that it was going on as planned for May. 
Uh, but then Vegas told him, nope, not going to do it to have to have a very restricted uh, um, capacity. So now the, the promoters have came out and said, all right, we're moving to October. So uh, that's a messy situation. That's really the only cancellation I have. Everything else is good. I do want to state, uh, and we'll start stating this from here on out, assuming that we are going to Rocklahoma and everything's uh, rosy. Uh, we got approximately 126 days until Rocklahoma. Mike, I don't nice. know how many weeks that is. I think that's uh, less than... 18. 18, 18 weeks. Thank you, thank you for that, Matt. So four and a half months. We're patiently waiting for any type of lineup news. And speaking of festival lineups, man, it was a busy week for festivals. Uh, one, let's, let's start with the big news. The Mud Vein reunion is officially official. Yeah, buddy. Big for hard rock and metal fans. Uh, people have been waiting for Mudvayne reunion news for a very long time. Um, it's been 12 years since they last performed. When they, they released their last album. I don't think they did any concerts or promotion of no. that album. They released the album and they split their different went their different ways. Now, the odd thing about this is that uh, Denny Wimmer Presents has announced how the reunion came together. I have, I don't think I've heard a peep uh, from the guys in Mudvayne about the no. reunion. Uh, so silence is pretty strange um but uh, they have a long time to get it figured out it's obviously they're not i mean the only shows they're doing so this is important the only shows they're doing are the danny wimmer uh, festivals uh so that means la- louder than life uh in louisville that means incarceration in uh, ohio that means after shock in california and that means welcome to Rockfields in Daytona Beach, Florida. Um, those are all happening in September, October, November. So if you want to see them, you have four chances. Um, and you can well, you really, that, that you the weather really only cooperates. have you really only have three because I am hearing that incarceration is sold out. That is correct. So incarceration sold out in four days. Um, Bonnaroo has also sold out. So folks, people, people are ready to get out to, to outdoor. Um, incarceration selling out a hard rock festival selling out um, in four days is phenomenal now i know yeah. this is a smaller type of festival I, I think the promoters of danny wimmer have even told people that this particular concert is usually probably half the size of the of their normal festival so i'm thinking somewhere in the twenty thousand to twenty five thousand range but still to sell twenty to twenty five thousand tickets in one one week's time for a rock festival is phenomenal um, and if you look at that festival, we're, we're talking about the headliners being Slipknot, Mudvayne, and Rob Zombie. Also on the bill, you have Mastodon, Mastodon Killswitch, and Gage, Panther, The Hue, uh, Ice Nine Kills, Bad Flower, Escape the Fate, Local H, A Day to Remember, Chevelle, um, Asking Alexandria, Pop Evil, Hellstorm, Beartooth, Motionless and White, Fever 333. Now, a lot of these bands were on the Rocklahoma bill in 2020 before it was canceled. Um, and this is happening the week after Rocklahoma is scheduled. So yeah, kind of thinking that a, a lot of these bands probably show up in prior Oklahoma the week before we shall see. Well, I agree with you 100%. I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing a lot of those bands that you just, you just, uh, you named off. So, um, you know, we'll see, hopefully, I mean, just give us a fucking lineup already. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I, I, again, Rocklahoma remains silent. Uh, they announced their dates uh, before any of the DWP guys announced their dates, but DWP is first up, um, which is what they usually do. They usually announce their lineups before Rocklahoma announces theirs. Right. Um, Rocklahoma is go- uh, promoted by AEG, and Jenny Wimber Presents is their own promotion company. Um, another festival that's happening in Orlando, uh, two weeks after incarceration, September 24th to 26th, 
uh, a separate set promotion company I'm not familiar with, but their lineup is called, or their festival is called Rebel Rock. Um, they are the headliners of Limp Biscuit, um, Five Finger Death Punch, and Rise Against. Uh, I think it's pretty cool to see Rise Against on there. Um, Limp Biscuit uh, is headlining the same night as Machine Gun Kelly. Uh, also, Phil and Stone performing a vulgar display of power. Uh, fingers crossed that that's going to be at Rocklahoma. We don't know. Um, Five Finger Death Punch is playing the same night as legends of wu-tang clan i don't know what that means it probably means that like three members of wu-tang clan are going to be there yeah i don't know what three members of wu-tang clan are possibly going to do except play their own hits because if they start playing wu-tang hits it's just going to be a whole bunch of recordings for all the other artists on wu-tang who has to play so i I don't know how they're going to make that work i haven't heard of a legends of wu-tang set before i I could just be out of my news but that's the first time i've ever seen that yeah, you know, I tried looking that up, and and I couldn't find any reference to a group that tours as Legends of Wu Tang. So, you know, um, which I mean is good, man's shit. So, um, to take him out of, you know, a mix, you know, I, I don't know. I saw Wu Tang when they did their little reunion tour, and I saw that at Stir Cove, and. And it was it was an amazing show, but I mean, you take meth out of the mix. I don't know. I'm not too keen on it. So we'll see. I mean, what? There's like what? Seven, eight, nine members of Wu Tang. Is that right? Well, yeah. There's the RZA, the Jizza, Inspector Deck, Raekwon the Chef, um, Ghostface Killer, You God, and M U T H O D Man. <laughs> oh, I forgot O D B, but he's gone. So, but still, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to, I was trying to look at what this uh, particular festival's 2020 lineup was, uh, because I feel that, well, one, Judas Priest was on it, but now Judas Priest has announced their own festival happening in the same city of Orlando, uh, Mm -hmm. which doesn't have a great lineup, but it's Judas Priest and Sabaton and Soulfly. Um, And I believe Mushroom Head was on there, a couple of other acts. um, Yeah, actually, I got it. Got the lineup. Um, it was Judas Priest, Machine Gun Kelly, Trivian. Uh, those were the Friday Night, Seven Dust, Limp Biscuit. Oh, here we go. So Legends of Wu Tang, Ghostface Killer, Raekwon, and Killer Priest. Um, that was Saturday Night. I Prevail, oh, Skillet. Yeah, that so, says I mean, featuring. That says featuring Method Man and Red Man. Well, I guess that could be a pretty good set. No, it says featuring members of Legendary Woo. Yeah, but under that, well, I mean, of course, we could be looking at two different things, though. But it says That's Ghostface true. Killer, Raekwon, Killer Priest. And under that, it says featuring Method Man and Red Man. I don't know. I'm looking at images. So who knows? You know what? Know. We're not going. So we're we'll, not. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but if we could get a Wu Tang set at Rock, Oklahoma, I don't think we can. Uh, that no. seems unlikely. But that that would be pretty sweet. That would be pretty sweet. I mean, it was. I was. I was kind of. You know, when uh, Tech Nine played. You know, I was kind of like, well, Tech Nine at a rock festival. Mm-hmm. But you know what? It worked, and I think it was probably one of the most packed sets on the second stage that weekend. Yeah, I agree. I mean, and when Machine Gun, I guess you weren't there the, the year Machine Gun Kelly played. Is that right? Uh, no, no. I didn't okay. go. When MGK played there, also one of the most packed and hyped 
uh, second stage crowd. So we had Jelly Roll going to be on the bill last year. Um, so I, I mean, look, rock fans like hip hop. Um, yeah. So it, it only makes sense that they're on the lineup. Uh, I, I saw Eddie Trunk ranting about this. I think it was earlier this week. He doesn't understand why rock festivals have rappers on their bill, but I think he's being naive to, to have that thought process, especially since he's a host of Rock Oklahoma. So he's right. seen it like three or four years in a row now. But I mean, really the only genre of rock, and this is where Eddie Trunk kind of, kind of comes into play, the only real genre of rock that doesn't kind of mix with you know, the rap realm is 80s hair metal. I mean, obviously yeah. there's no there's no rap there uh, at all. And I don't recall any type of crossover except the Aerosmith run DMC thing, but Aerosmith wasn't really a part of the hair metal scene. They were, they were bigger than that, um, but they were kind of lumped in because they were the 80s band making a lot of videos and that's what they did. But other than that, I mean, you certainly didn't think of Poison and Warrant Skid Row when you thought of rap music. So No, 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 not that's at the all. Only, that's the only thing why I think Eddie Trunk would be confused why there would be rap acts on a rock festival bill. And the, the easy answer is because they sell tickets and they bring in a different type of audience, um, which is all that festivals care about. Yeah. Yeah, they want the diversity. They obviously, the name of the game is to sell the tickets or anything like that. But yeah, I mean, that, and like I said, I was one of those people who was skeptical about a, a rap act being at a rock festival, but man, Tech Night killed it. So yeah, I agree. He was very good. Uh, so other festivals, Blue Ridge continues the one <laughs> one act a day thing. I don't know how much I can, much longer I can handle that, considering I'm really probably like 98% not going. Uh, but this right. week they announced uh, Il Nino, uh, Ice Nine Kills, Crowd the Empire, Clutch, Adelita's Way, uh, Reunion called Drugs, which I'm not familiar with, D-R-U-G-S, uh, which I guess they haven't performed since 2011, but I'm not familiar with that band, uh, Sabaton. Uh, asking Alexandra, uh, and then on Friday they announced uh, Anthrax and Cypress Hill, which was their two really big um, announcements of the week. Um, it's a, again, it's a great bill. They're up to I think forty-eight acts, but they've still only announced two headliners. When they're when they have nine on the bill, I don't know what the holdup is trying to do that. Um, but I will stay with with Sabaton being on the bill and knowing that currently Sabaton is touring uh, late fall 2021 with Judas Priest. I kind of feel like one of the headliners for Blue Ridge is going to end up being Judas Priest, uh, but that's pure speculation, so we'll continue to wait on that. Yeah. No, that would still be cool. Yeah, this festival, I mean, they're putting they're putting together quite the lineup. And yeah, it's, it's really it, it's awesome. And with just the fact that it's just it's so far away, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I would... Uh, yeah, I would love to go to that, but again, it's just it's just too far. So, yeah, what I other agree. what other festival news? Has there been any word about Louder and Lights lineup or anything like that? Uh, we're patiently waiting. Now, I will say, I do follow uh, a promoter of uh, the uh, DWP team called Danny Hayes. Um, uh-huh. He's teasing something for tomorrow, but it, it doesn't sound like it's going to be a music lineup. But it's going to be Louder than Life related. But he, 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 the only thing he's teased is that, yes, there is some type of announcement coming tomorrow. He doesn't know what kind of hint to give away with it. Now, he's the one that hinted Mudvayne uh, for the Monday announcement. So he's he's hinting something for tomorrow for Louder Than Life, but I have no clue what it is, um, and that just doesn't help. Uh, so, I, you know, there's been no news that a lineup is dropping. We haven't heard a lineup drop, so I'm not expecting 
the lineup to be announced, but he, he's also stated that they've been working on something uh, for months and they're very, very close to confirming it. And as soon as they're able to confirm it, then at that point they can release the lineup. So we'll, we'll see what the announcement tomorrow brings uh, regarding Louder Than Life. I really think Louder Than Life is going to be the festival of the fall uh, for people like us who like rock bands. Um, I, I'm excited to see what they bring to the table. I, I think it's going to be great. Uh, that is yeah. uh, three weeks, four weeks. I'm trying to think. Uh, three weeks after Rocklahoma. Uh, it's the week after Riot Fest. I sent a text to you guys saying that we should just go right. to Rocklahoma, Labor Day weekend. The next weekend we can go to Virginia to see the Blue Ridge Festival. Weekend after that, we can go to Chicago to see a Riot Festival. And the week after that, we can go to Louder Than Life in Louisville. And then we got ourselves a month of concerts there. We can take the rest of the year off. Good to go. Wipe your hands. Uh, yep, I'm sold. Uh, yeah. Is my room ready? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're only going to be here for like two days out of the week, and then we got to get back on the road. That's fine. Yeah, it's fine. It's, long, uh, you know, you know that's, that's fine. As long as we're we're ready to go and everybody's got their, their camping pants on and uh, we'll mm-hmm. be good to go. Yep, it's all for the content. Uh, we're we're just we just got to say, hey, we got a press pass. Can we ask? We we just request a press pass for uh, no judgments here podcast and the fact that we have what 20, 25 listeners at this point. I don't know if that's enough to get a press pass, but you know. All we can do is try. The worst they can do is say no, right? Right, exactly, exactly. So, you know, let's get our PR department on that. And, uh, and, uh, yeah, so call up Murray. He's got a lot of work to do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, A couple of cruises out there, Mike, that have been announced. One is uh, a thing called Baragos. I tried to figure out what the hell Baragos Boragos means, but I couldn't find a definition. Uh, but they right. are Denny Wimber Presents uh, Cruise Festival. It's Denny Wimber Presents First Cruise uh, happening in February of 2022, uh, going from Miami to Belize, five days. Uh, uh, at one point, you're going to be on a beach called Lunacy Beach, uh, which I think is a good name for a rock festival beach. Uh, so there'll, yeah. be a, there'll be a day festival at this beach. The rest of the time, you'll be rocking out uh, to bands on the ship. Uh, I've always wanted to go on a cruise festival, but I've never pulled the plug. Uh, is that, I, don't, I don't know if that's the right term, but I've never cut the cord. No, not cut the cord. No, not cut the cord. Um, uh, what was um, the proper phrase for uh, doing something that you talk about doing? Took the plunge? Know. You, you know, we can, go with, we can go with took the plunge. I've never took I've the never, plunge. I, I've never taken the plunge. I've never taken the plunge of going on a music cruise. If I ever go on a cruise, this is kind of what I would want to do. Uh, lineup yeah. still to be determined, but uh, I think it sounds like something awesome. I, I have full faith in DWP. I wish they would take over Rockaloma. So I have no doubt that when they announce this lineup, it'll be a sweet lineup. Now, the week before that, uh, also leaving from Miami, going to a place called Coco K. Labadee, which I don't know what the, where that is, but uh, you're going to be out no. on the water. Uh, Monsters of Rock Cruise, hosted by our boy Eddie Trunk, who also hosts Rucklehoma, headlined by Alice Cooper and Queensryche, also on the bill, Tom Kiefer from Skid Row, <laughs> Tom Kiefer from Cinderella, excuse me, uh, <laughs> uh, Skid, Skid Row, Lit, uh, LA Guns, Kicks, Winger, Great White, Vixen, Mike Tramp, and Faster Pussycat, among others. So a pretty good oh. 80s hair battle. Uh, uh, lineup there for Monsters of Rock. I'm confused about Lit being on this particular lineup because Lit right. was in the uh, mid '90s, but Lit did kind of had that sleaze rock type of feel to them. Um, yeah, that one song "You Make Me Completely Miserable" is a, a great tune. 
You make me come. You make me complete. You make me completely miserable. Isn't that a great tune? That's plus it's that really is, creative. Yeah, I mean, you Sorry, nailed I it. Not, I did not warm up the vocal uh, chords right there, so now my right. I'm a little I'm a little, <clears throat> ah, a little scratchy. Yeah, a little scratchy. A little scratchy. We're trying to get through this. There you go. Thank you. Right. Uh, so I brought. News. I brought. Up, oh, go ahead. Well, Sorry, hold on. I brought. I brought. Yeah, yeah, I brought yeah. up. I brought up the cruise to the. Uh, to the missus and hmm. uh, she was in she was intrigued oh wow she was intrigued so you know that's not a uh it wasn't wow. a no i mean intrigued is better than a uh like an eye roll or just plain ignoring yeah. the fact that you brought it up so those are that's good that's exciting. she was intrigued she's like send me the prices did you send her the so prices I, I did i sent her the prices and She's like, well, what about the lineup? I said, well, there's not a lineup yet. She goes, so you want to commit to doing something that doesn't have a lineup? I'm like, well, you know, sometimes you just got to, you know, hope for the best. Take the plunge. Take the plunge. There you go. Hope for the best. So, tour news. Tour news. Uh, First off, let's talk about the cool tour of the week, I guess. Buck Cherry. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) Now, you already broke the news, like three weeks ago that Buck Cherry was heading to your neck of the woods. Yeah. Very excited to announce that Buck Cherry is now headed to my neck of the woods playing Temple Live in June. Uh, that should be a good one. Now I will say June I, what? I, June what? June what? Oh, I don't recall. June nineteenth, well, I think. June twenty third, nope. somewhere around there. June nineteenth, you're gonna be in Lincoln. Oh yeah, that's Corey Taylor. Uh yeah. I, I don't I don't recall the date. I don't recall the date. Okay, I didn't write that part down. I apologize. It's in June, people. That's all I know. If you need more information, go to templelive.com, uh, where you can find the date and purchase tickets. Better hurry; it's going to sell out. Um, I'm probably just going to wait. <laughs> I'm probably just going to wait and see them at Rock, Oklahoma. So I pro- most likely will not be going to that. Um, outside of that, uh, Collective Soul and Sticks. This is really the uh, first big rock tour that we've had announced uh, since the pandemic. Um, now they are playing amphitheaters. They're they're playing uh, your neck of the woods at Lincoln, the Pinewood Bowl. They're playing yep. the City Bonner Springs, Sandstone Amphitheater, which our buddy Trey has already purchased tickets to. Um, so they're they're not coming to Arkansas. So I'm most likely not going to be seeing this tour anywhere. But I think it's a cool combo, and I'm glad to see one rock bill out there setting part setting sail has come sail away with me for sticks uh setting sail on an american tour uh for the summer months right that is uh that is good um did you see the word on the deftones tour i have not is there is there a word yeah there is a tour um so they are going to be in europe and through let's see here gosh dang it through like middle of july but then mm-hmm. August August twelfth, they're playing the Armory in Minneapolis, and it looks like they're going a little bit of a run uh, through Wisconsin, Michigan, Illinois, then kind of up into Canada, then back down the East Coast. Doesn't so look we, like we yeah, kind so. of touched we we kind of touched on this because uh, they are part of the Bonnaroo lineup, and they right. were actually supposed to be playing Nashville that weekend, uh, which is obviously not going to happen. So I'm curious if this 
tour is still going to happen. Uh, these are the dates that were rescheduled from their 2020 tour. I had tickets yep. uh, to see this uh, with Wardlaw. They took off the Kansas City date. Um, yep. They really have not – I have not heard any updates this year regarding this particular tour. So still to be determined if this tour is actually going to happen or not. I saw something the other day that said that it is still going to happen. Well, I will trust you. I, I have not seen any updates. I can't remember where I saw the – where I saw that at. I'm going to trust Anyhow. your word, even though you guys yeah. have still oh, heard. It was, on, it was on Pitchfork. Pitchfork. Wow. It was on Pitchfork. Yeah, four days I didn't ago. Know you, I didn't know you were that fancy to be reading Pitchfork, Mike. Well, you know, it, just, it pops up on my news feeds. Good, good to get those music. What, so on Pitchfork, they said yes. It says Deftones have, have announced a tour that's scheduled to begin this summer. Mm-hmm. Gojira, Gojira is going to support. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so there it is. They shared a new music video for Ceremony off of Ohms. Yep. And yep. the dates are, there's nothing really that's coming around us. Like I said, they got that Minneapolis date. Um, they are playing in Denver at the beginning of September, the 9th and the 10th. They're playing Dallas like the uh, the weekend or like the day after Rocklahoma, if I recall correctly. That's why I think there's a possibility of them playing Rockaloma, but right now, based off of their dates, I think they're booked the Rockaloma dates. But that's why I'm waiting to see. So yeah, the one's official. What are the dates? The, the fourth is. Gosh, I have to look at a calendar. You're making this difficult for me. So Rockaloma is the third, fourth, and fifth. And it looks like they're in, at Bonnaroo on the third, Atlanta on the fourth, and then they play Irving on the sixth on that Monday. So there's an opportunity, so, Rocklahoma Day. Yeah, on Sunday it would have to be fifth. Sunday night. Yeah, Sunday the fifth. That would be four days and four 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 dates and four days for Deftones. I don't know if they do that anymore. Um, so no, they're playing we'll three. See. They're playing three. They're playing three and four. So why not do the fours? Yeah, that, that that's a good question, Mike. I uh, will take that and we will chew on it. Uh, okay. Hopefully that happens. I don't know. Uh, outside of that, um, American Aquarium. They're an Americana band from North Carolina. I used to refer to them as Red Dirt, um, but to, once I found out they were from North Carolina, I took Red Dirt away from them. Um, they're yeah. Americana band, uh, but uh, I I enjoy them. I've seen them two or three times now as they frequent Fayetteville quite often. Uh, they're now have, have announced a tour. They're coming back to Fayetteville uh, sometime later this summer. They're also playing Tulsa, um, Dallas, Oklahoma City. They're playing quite a Memphis. They're, they're playing quite a few shows. Uh, right now, I don't have plans on going to see them again, um, but they, they did release a really good album during the pandemic. Uh, uh, BJ Barham, uh, the lead singer, uh, is a great follow on Twitter. Um, if you ever just want to watch a, a country music singer, um, spar with his conservative fans uh, day in and day out but also do pretty cool covers of songs as well uh, so that's fun to see um, now we missed the corn live stream yesterday we didn't watch it i saw the set list i was not a fan of the set list so i did want to mention that still panther uh, released a news of a live stream happening in may uh, may is getting pretty busy for live streams not sure how many more live streams i have left in me but uh, still right. panther has added their name to the live stream schedule for the month of May, which also includes Stained, 
which also includes 21 Pilots, which also includes Evanescence. I think there's a Hollywood Undead happening at some point in the next week or two. So pretty busy there if, if you're into the live stream sections of music for the month of May. You know, I don't know how a Steel Panther live stream would play out. Yeah, if there's no I girls think, screaming yeah. and taking their tops off, I mean, is it really a Steel Panther show? That's what I was going to say is that, I mean, a lot of that for them is the crowd participation and mm-hmm. uh, we'll just call it that. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and, and them interacting with the crowd. I just don't know how a live stream would play out. So I think that's a good point. I think that's a great point. And uh, I'll be interested to see, I'd be interested to see, I will be interested to see how they, uh, how they handle that. Now, of course they do have the option of putting an audience into their live stream. I don't see why they couldn't at this point right? Uh, for their venue. So, I mean, perhaps they'll have an audience. I don't know. I haven't seen anything about that. Um, very quickly on the conservative news front, Mike, I just want to mention uh, three people, Ted Nugent, Aaron Lewis, and Morgan Wallen. Uh, first off, uh, Morgan uh, Wallen. Uh, I meant to get to this last week. Uh, you sent me this news article. Morgan Wallen yeah. had started scheduling tour dates, um, including festivals, and he went ahead and released a new statement saying that uh, he's not going to be doing shows anytime soon. Uh, so all shows that were booked for the summer are now off the schedule. He's still taking time to reflect on himself uh, and make the necessary changes to be a better human being. So good luck to him on that. Uh, You know, I hope all is going well. I I think it's a smart move on Morgan's part. Um, And it's good to see that it seems like he's taking all this much more seriously than his fan base is. Well, good for him. Um, Hopefully the guy gets a, gets the help that he needs and, uh, writes himself and whatever because he's very popular i still haven't listened to any of his music but mm-hmm. you know i just you know don't really care to so we'll see what happens good for yeah. him yeah uh, aaron lewis has a new tune out there it's a country tune i i, I saw that it was about confederate statues and also that he doesn't listen to bruce springsteen sing along to bruce springsteen tunes anymore I don't know. It's yeah. like a Fox Fox News theme song or something. I, I didn't. I, I didn't listen to it. It seems stupid in my eye. I, I I don't need to hear him trying to be country. Uh, I was more interested in in him talking about how heavy he feels the next Stained album is going to be. So, uh, just uh, if you're if you're looking for Aaron Lewis uh, singing a song about the fact that we're tearing down uh, you know Confederacy statues, there's a song out there for you to to get your hands on. Uh, I think I'll pass. Um, okay. I yeah, I think the guy's a fucking idiot. So, um, yeah. yeah. I mean, I uh, I moder I moderately like stained. Um, I just don't don't really care for this country shit. I've listened to a little bit of it, and it's just yuck. So yeah. And Not lastly, my Ted, Ted Nugent makes a rare appearance <laughs> into our show. He. Announced this week he has COVID, um, and this is a guy that's uh, been dogging and what uh, denying uh, COVID uh, for the, this entire existence. Of course, he was a guy who didn't social distance, he didn't wear a mask. Um, so he actually, and I, I'm always surprised when I hear this. I don't know why people who are so anti-COVID actually admit to public that they tested positive for COVID. I don't know if this has to do with just the social media age we're in, but. If I railed against something for like a complete year and then I ended up being impacted by that something, I'm not 
going public and stating that I got it. There's just no, no. chance. There's no way I'm no. going to announce that. So Ted Nugent, I watched the entire nine minute clip. Yeah. Um, and I was very entertained by it. It included a like a two minute my pillow uh commercial, infomercial by Yes, because Mike Mike Lindell is a great American. <laughs> he is. Yes. Yeah. So uh Ted Nugent said this is the sickest he feels he's ever been, uh COVID. Um, he, he could barely crawl out of bed is what he stated. He was sick for 10 full days. Uh, he had to go to a doctor because he just, he had no energy to do anything. And the doctor wanted to test him for COVID. Uh, he then went on this weird rant. Um, if, if I test positive for COVID, what are you going to do different? It, it was whole, the whole thing was stupid. And so everybody's basically railed against Ted Nugent because of all the quotes out there of him saying that COVID isn't real. Of course, he doesn't call it COVID. He calls it the China virus because, you know, he's a conservative. Um, And and so now he's walking back all that, saying that he never said it was fake. Of course, it's real. It's the China virus, blah, blah, blah. So that's your news on Ted Nugent. He has COVID. Well, I I don't necessarily feel terrible for him. I mean, I mean, yeah, you don't want anybody to get it. But I mean, come on. He's he's a clown. He is a clown. And. I, I can't stand him. His music sucks. Yeah. Hasn't been good. He, he's like 75 at this point. Uh, so he's lucky he's still alive because uh, he did not look in good health at, at when in his video. Um, but, you know, being 75 and getting COVID is, is not a good deal by any means uh, yeah. whatsoever. Um, outside of that, a couple more news items. I always feel like I'm going to have like 10 minutes of news and then it goes 35 minutes. Uh, well, Weezer because we started talking about it. Yeah, I know. So Weezer finally updated us on Van Weezer. It's been silent for the last four months. They released a new single. I did not listen to it. Wait for the album. Uh, new Weezer, Van Weezer coming out on May 7th. Um, hoping for good things with this album based off of what OK Humans provided for us. Yeah, OK Human was uh, was bad. Um, yeah, so not I okay. think anything, not OK. Um, I think anything they put out now is going to be, you know, inherently better. So, um, I did listen to a snippet of it. I didn't listen to the whole thing because, um, and I'll explain a little bit later why I'm kind of refusing to listen to the stuff, but, uh, it, it didn't sound bad. So, I mean, we'll see what the rest sounds. So I'm looking forward to it. I didn't get a Van, ha- Van Halen vibe. So, you know, whatever. <laughs> All right. Uh, the last thing, Corn uh, has written a new album. Um, so yes. I should have mentioned that with their uh, with their live stream of Monumental. But Corn has written a new album. Uh, when it will actually be recorded, when everybody gets in the studio, that remains to be seen. Uh, their last album just came out last year, so I would imagine that they're too in too much of a hurry to get a new album out. But uh, th- that would be their like 14th album to release. But uh, at least for Corn fans to know. There's there's new material ready to roll as soon as they can all get in the studio again. So that's the end of our news section for this week. Wow, that April was a long 25th. one. That was a long April twenty fifth. That was a long one, but you know, there was a lot of good information in there, so that's good. Yeah. Well, all right. So this seems to be everybody's favorite. Well, I shouldn't say that because I really don't know because we don't get any feedback. But what concerts <laughs> did you see this week? Yeah, this week in Will's <laughs> concert history. Dun, dun, dun. Now, I did get, uh, I, I, I got uh, some word from my off the rails co-host, Douglas Murray. He was very um, upset that I did not include the fact that I uh, attended Steve Vai with him last week. Oh, really? Uh, so I just want to issue a public apology to my off 
the Rails co-host Douglas Murray. I do try to include who I attended with each time I talk about a concert. It, it's a mistake. It will not happen again. And hopefully I get the right person with the right concert because sometimes I don't really recall some parts of, of concerts. But just to let it be known, Douglas Murray, he attended Steve Vai with me and Eric Sardinius at the Royal Grove in Lincoln, Nebraska. Uh, so thank you, Doug, for attending and also for your feedback. I appreciate that. I apologize that that upset you. Um, I, I'll do my best to make sure it does not happen again. Uh, Douglas also wanted to let us know that he feels that the Mount Westmore could certainly do an arena tour and how awesome it would be to have Snoop Dogg, Ice Cube, uh, E-40, and Too Short do their own sets and then break into some uh, Mount uh, Westmore tunes and then go into another uh, greatest hit set from one of the guys. So that's what he's looking forward to. Right on. Well, good feedback from Mr. Murray. Yeah, there's probably something else there, but I forgot it. I didn't write it down. But uh, really, the main thing was just to issue a public apology to Douglas Murray for not including him in the Steve Vai. That leads us to our concerts April 19th through April 25th in Will's History. We're going to start 4-24-19. I went and saw Bad Flower for the very first time. Attended this with the wife and my brother, Kane's Ballroom, Tulsa, Oklahoma. A great show. Bad Flower, one of my favorite newer bands, uh, put on a really good performance. A good crowd, too, for just a, a band with one album. Uh, very entertaining. Uh, April 25th, that's today. So this week, this day, six years ago, I attended Edge Fest Dallas um, with the wife and also uh, uh, Erica's family was there. Uh, her uncle and aunt um, and cousins uh, live in the Dallas area. We were actually going to fly down the night before and stay with them, but our flight got canceled. I ended up getting real drunk that night, and then I was really <laughs> hungover pretty much the entire entirety of Edgefest, and it was scorching hot. It was like 88 degrees, and I was struggling through most of the day, uh, so I do want to include that. But it, this included The Offspring, Death Cat for Cutie, Girl Talk, AWOL Nation, Dirty Heads, Hosier, uh, Modest Mouth, Vance Joy, and a couple of other tunes, our bands. It was a really good concert, but obviously with my hangover situation, wasn't as great as I wanted it to be. And Andrew McMahon in the Wilderness was one of the openers. We got there as he was performing, so I didn't get to check that out, but I would enjoyed it. Uh, on this date, nope, April 22nd, 2014, seven years ago, George's Majestic Lounge. I saw Trampled by Turtles um, at George's Majestic what? Lounge. I went there by myself. They are an Americana band. They like the headline Red Rocks, but they also play George's, which I always find strange because Red Rocks is a venue that holds 9,000. Um, right. George's holds about 700. So it's quite the difference. Right. Uh, I, I first saw Trampled by Turtles at Bonnaroo um, quite a few years ago. I, I enjoyed them. I, I think they, they are a really cool Americana band. Uh, great harmony uh, through the music. If you're listening, looking for something outside of rock, Trampled by Turtles is, is a good band to listen to. Uh, April 22nd, 2012, uh, Kenny Wayne Shepherd. I saw him. Uh, now, I will admit, I was approximately three miles away from Kenny Wayne Shepard when he was performing. I was up in a suite, uh, but he was the opening <laughs> act of a NASCAR event I went to. And since he was on my television and I could hear it, technically I'm going to say that was a concert that I attended. Uh, okay. It's shaky. I agree. It's it is. Shaky. But I was there. He was there. We were in the same venue at the same time. He put on a concert uh, for the fans at this particular NASCAR event. I was I was cool because I was in a suite, so I didn't go down to the floor to see it, but I, I could see it on my TV, so I'm, I'm counting it. Okay. Okay. I Just don't, throw that I don't, there. I, I, don't, I don't know. Look, you have we're, to, we're, we're, adding it. we're adding it. 
Okay. All right. We're adding it. I've already, okay. I've already, I've already documented it. It's already. It, I can't. I don't think I can delete it from my history. Okay. Uh, All right. April, April twenty third, two thousand eleven. Ten years ago, Mike. Uh, this was a good one. Edge Fest, the Little Rock, uh, Avenged Sevenfold, Skillet, Seether, Seven Dust, Hellstorm, Stone Sour, Three Days Grace, Three of a Dead Man, quite a few other bands. Attended this with the wife and I believe a couple of her AT and T friends. Uh, really cool show it was the first time, if, if I, my memory serves correctly, that I, I saw Avenged Sevenfold and the crowd went absolutely bananas and batshit for Avenged Sevenfold. This is when I first realized that Avenged Sevenfold was a really big rock band because I would venture to guess there was probably, I don't know, 15,000 people in the crowd and they loved wow. everything about Avenged Sevenfold. But it, it was a great day of music overall. Obviously, with a lot of those bands, all of them usually end up uh, playing Rock, Oklahoma. So Edgefest uh, really. Uh, did a great job with the lineup that particular year. Uh, April 25th, 2008, uh, with the wife, went and saw Blind Melon. My only time to ever seen Blind Melon perform at Juanita's in Little Rock. It was an awesome show. Obviously, without Shin and Hoon, it's not the same thing. But it, it was great to hear members of Blind Melon singing the, the classics from Shannon Hoon. Um, I loved it. Uh, the opening act of that particular show was a guy by the name of Eric Hutchinson, who the wife and I became really big fans of for like, a, I don't know, three or four years span there. He didn't really fit in with Blind Melon, um, but he, he's, a, he's a good artist. He actually just brought out an album last week, um, which I got to listen to. Um, it's amazing. He's still around 13 years later. Uh, so if you like some acoustic rock and a little comedy, he, he's pretty funny live. Uh, Eric Hutchinson will be your guy there. April 23rd, 2005, Kenny Chesney, Gretchen Wilson, Uncle Cracker, The Quest Center, Omaha, Nebraska. I attended this concert by myself. And at this point, I don't know why I went to this concert. I have no memory or recollection. I was possibly bored and I went to the concert. The next night, Maroon 5 performed at Pershing Auditorium um, in Lincoln, Nebraska. Sold out concert. I tried to go to that, but I ended up just working instead. So that would have been quite the one-two punch of Kenny Chesney one night, Maroon 5 the next night. Yeah, yeah, what a yeah. boring, yeah. but that's yeah, all right. Thanks. Yeah, okay. Yeah, no problem. April, 20, April 23rd, 2004, Il Nino Flaw, 40 Below Summer at uh, the Royal Grove in Lincoln, Nebraska. Real confident I also went to this by myself. Um, I think it was an early bird show, which I, I think means it started like at 5.30. I was, uh, I was a big, big, big fan of Il Nino. Um, really loved to like the, their first two albums. Thought they were a great band. I, if I recall correctly, there was maybe 200 people in this particular crowd for this night. Um, April 19th, 2003, uh, 50 Cent, Clips, and G-Unit at uh, oh, Pershing geez. Auditorium. Uh, this was a sold-out show. I went to this with Wardlaw, and I believe Marissa, I think, I'm pretty confident in, uh, I think, uh, Jess Puente, also from Influent, uh, came to this with this, uh, to the show. Uh, fun show, uh, sold-out crowd. Uh, the, the crowd was hyped. This was when 50 Cent was maybe the, the biggest rap superstar there was in the country. Uh, that, that didn't last very long, but uh, for no. a particular night, uh, Pershing Auditorium, Lincoln got themselves a big rap act uh, to come to their, their city, so I enjoyed it. Moving 50 on. 50 Cent. 50 Cent. Yay. 50 Man, cents. you, you, you kind of you wowed me with your concerts this week. Well, you know, they can't Hopefully all be got, winners, Mike. They can't all be winners. Hopefully we got something big coming up. Yo, boy. Okay. That's Let's a lot of pressure. Move it on. A lot of pressure. I know. Uh, in, uh, in 2001, uh, back-to-back nights on April 21st, uh, myself and my girlfriend at the time, her name was Daniela from McCook, we went to Lincoln, Nebraska to see Static X and Dog, Dog uh, Godhead. Uh, that was a fun show. Uh, we then yeah. drove to Tulsa, Oklahoma. We spent the summer, somewhere the night in Kansas. Uh, the next day, we saw Disturbed. 
Mudvayne and Spine Shank, uh, April 22nd at Kane's Ballroom. Uh, Wardlaw and Troy and a couple other guys were, were meeting us from Russellville. About when they got to the show, the show was actually sold out. They didn't have tickets, so we got to see them for like 15 minutes, and then we're like, all right, we're going into the venue. Um, but you, you may remember a couple weeks ago, I mentioned that I saw the same tour in Omaha, but I was too messed up to remember anything about the show. So I got tickets to see them in at the, the Kings Ballroom. And I can tell you that uh, I was sober for this particular show because we had to drive back to McCook afterwards. Disturbed Mudvayne and Spine Shake, an awesome club tour, man. Uh, yeah. Three bands, really. Uh, uh, the, these were three of my favorite bands at this particular time, and they all put on phenomenal shows. Yeah, I can imagine seeing those guys in, in a small in a small venue would have been awesome. I mean, we saw Mudvayne at Sokol, and yeah. that was great. Yeah. Um, seeing Disturbed at a small venue would be would have been just insane. So yeah, we also saw Disturbed together at at Sokol. At Pershing, no, we didn't. Sokol, yeah, we did. Yeah, you came, saw you the... went with me at Sokol. Yeah, the, the, at the beginning of yeah, at the beginning of their ten thousand fist tour, they did a club tour, and one of the shows was at Sokol Auditorium. You went to that with me. Uh, soil sure? was the opening bin. I'm, I'm like ninety seven percent confident. Yes, I'm gonna go with yes. Look what year was that? History. Uh, I'll have to look it up. Uh, give me a moment, but uh, let me. I got two more shows. The two uh, right. the year before that, the, on the same day of the previous year, I also saw Mudvayne. April twenty second, two thousand. I saw Slipknot, Ultraspank, Mudvayne, um, at a uh, place called the Bronco Bowl in uh, Dallas, Texas. I went with uh, Peanut and Dub. Um, fucking amazing show. Uh, Slipknot was doing their thing. I think Dave Morris also went with us. This was when we were promoting for Streetwise. So if I recall correctly, uh, we had free tickets to this particular show. I was a big fan of Ultra Spink, and this was right when Mudvayne was coming up. So Mudvayne was the opening act on this bill. And I will state that afterwards, we went and saw a uh, a Dallas band. The the Bronco Bowl was connected. It was a bowling alley, a, a large music venue, and also a small v- music venue. Uh, there's a music venue in there called the Canyon Club. And afterwards, after Slipknot performed, this band called Drowning Pool played at the Canyon Club and they fucking just destroyed it. And that was the first time I'd ever heard or seen uh, Drowning Pool, um, which was really awesome. It's before they actually got their uh, record deal, I believe. So I got to see those four bands in one night. And then finally, to end up my concert history of this week, uh, April 24th, 1996, Ozzy Osbourne, Typo Negative, Sepultura, uh, fucking awesome trio. I love this concert. Yeah. Martin Coliseum. I think I saw it with Dustin and my boy Rushing. Uh, sold out concert. All three bands were just crushed it, man. This was Sepultura on the Roots. Uh, this was Typo Negative on Bloody Kisses. This was Ozzy um, on Osmosis, I think. Uh, amazing concert. For a long time, this concert was in my top 10 concerts. Uh, I imagine it's still in, like, in the top 30. Just a, an amazing show, amazing time, absolutely. So that is my concert history, April nineteenth through April twenty fifth. Thank you. You, you finished strong. You finished Thank strong. You. Finish so it. I guess I guess it was August twenty sixth, two thousand five. Okay. That, that was disturbed ten years and soil. There we go. But I don't there recall being at that show. I know we saw Mudvayne at Sokol, but I didn't realize that we saw Disturbed, too. We definitely saw Mudvayne at Sokol. That is correct. I agree with that. Well, well I, as I was, again, I, like I, I was stated, just say, I, obviously, so, I'm old. Yeah, sometimes I forget the people who I actually go to concerts with. I feel like it, it was you. Um, so if anybody else is listening to this, they're like, God damn it, Will. I was the one who went to Disturbed with you at Sokol. Not Mike. Right. Uh, let me know. Hit me up. Bring it out, but I'm pretty confident. Yeah, Mike. I'll have to ask around because I'm. I would have guessed that my sister would have been at that show as well, 
but wait a second. Who did my sister did go to a show with us at SoCool, didn't she? Well, who did we go see? Was that Hell Yeah? Uh, we did see Hell Yeah at SoCool, yes. It must have been Hell Yeah. But I bet yeah, she I can't, I can't keep up with, planner. I can't keep up with the family members that also come with each right. tour concerts, Mike. I don't have right. those details. Okay. All right. Well, but I've, I've been with a lot of your family members to shows. I know. We just go to shows. It's a good time. Yeah. That's what you do. All right. Well, cool. I support Well, it. I can't recall any concerts that I saw this week because my memory sucks, obviously. There you go. So, well, for the throwback album this week, we uh, took a listen to Alanis Morissette's third album, Jagged Little Pill, released on June 13th of 1995. Did you realize this was her third album? Uh, I, I I tried to add it to uh, my favorite debuts last week, <laughs> so uh-huh. uh, no, I did not realize that at the time. Yeah, so. I didn't I didn't realize it was her third album. It was the first one that was released worldwide, though. Yeah. I guess the other ones were probably only released in Canada or Taiwan or you know Zimbabwe or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Zimbabwe but you sense. know, talk about a very very powerful third album. Um, top the charts in 13 countries, over 33 million copies sold worldwide. Um, this album made her the first Canadian to ever achieve double diamond sales. So congrats on that. Mm. Um, it was nominated for nine Grammys, even though that doesn't mean shit. And it ranks number 69 on the piece of shit Rolling Stones greatest album list. So nice. Half of these tracks were released as singles. I mean, yeah. this album, I mean, I, I think back to 1995, for some reason I can remember that. I was almost, you know, I was out of high school. But I listened to this album, I think, the whole entire summer, just based yeah. off of You Ought to Know. Mm-hmm. But that whole album's fucking killer. Monster. Monster. I mean, there's great song after great song. And even the songs that weren't released as singles were great songs. Yeah. I don't know. What'd you think? I mean, sometimes these artists have a way. I, I don't. I mean, like the stars, and the moons, and the sun, and the earth all collide. I don't know. That probably doesn't make any sense. Align. They they align. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they align, not collide. Yeah. Align. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Oh my goodness. Align. Oh, wow. <laughs> hey, take the plunge. Take the plunge, buddy. Take the take plunge. The plunge. Uh, and for this particular moment in life, man, everything aligned just perfectly for Atlantis because this yeah. this this album is I'm there's just there's not a flaw to this album. Even that um no. that acapella song at the very end is a freaking yeah. awesome song. Um, but yeah, gosh, all I really want. I mean, obviously, ironic to me was really the tune that I think put it over the like just the over top i was obsessed with that song in the video but uh, you know everybody loves you ought to know the fact that she goes down on you in a theater was a really right. cool line to hear in high school for my hormones um perfect hand in my pocket was a great tune uh, right head over feet yeah it's just a perfect album and taylor hawkins from uh food fighters was the drummer yep. on on yep. this particular album for alanis uh, unfortunately uh, I meant to look up what her tour was. I, I know that Radiohead opened up for part of this tour as well. Um, this tour, as far as I know, didn't come anywhere near me. I don't recall ever getting the chance to see her on the Jagged uh-huh. Little Pill tour. I believe my uh, good friend Rushing 
uh, he was living down in New Orleans at this particular time. He had moved away for like a year, and I think he got to see her in New Orleans, which would have been great. I didn't get to see her until Woodstock 99, but uh, this album is just freaking fabulous, near perfect album. It's absolutely an A-plus album. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's being turned into a Broadway musical. Yeah, Broadway musical. And she was supposed to, you know, she was touring behind it last year uh, for the Uh, anniversary that that was coming to the amp. It's now been rescheduled, playing with Garbage and Liz Liz Baird's. It's being rescheduled currently now for August of 2021 at the amp. I'm hoping that, but again, there's been silence on it so far, but I, I would love I would love for her in this tour to happen and get to hear these Jagged Little Pill uh, tunes in concert. I think it would be uh, amazing. When, when is she playing at the amp? Uh, it's like uh, it's in that it's in that time period that I've talked about where there's like six concerts in eight days. It's part of that. It's like it's in mid August, mid uh, I want to say like August fifteenth, August sixteenth, somewhere in that area. Those are just two days, August 15th. August. It's like in the week, uh, I'm struggling, right? I'm going through my struggle period, Mike, where I'm not making any sense. So you have to bear with me. It's somewhere August 14th. in the area. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and it's been rescheduled. Actually, my, my two days were pretty close. What do you mean it's been rescheduled? According to her website, it's been rescheduled. It's been rescheduled from 2020. The reschedule okay. is now August 15th, 2021. Because right. it, it, if she reschedules it again, she's just going to cancel the tour um, yeah. at that point. So I'm, I'm hoping it doesn't happen. Fingers crossed. August is a w- long ways away from here. So right. let's go. Let's go. Yeah. I want to see it. I, I definitely want to see it. Uh, this was a great choice for a throwback. I probably listened to this album, I would say, four times this week. It's fucking fantastic. Yeah. it's. I mean, I listened to it a couple times. And, uh, you know, I, I uh, actually moved it to my phone um and put it in my library just because i mean it's it's such a good album and i'm like okay well i don't have this one on here so that's how i judge it how important an album is to me if it gets if it gets bumped up to actual phone status <laughs> bumped up so, to the phone status that's nice yep. well this week uh also saw a very anticipated release in our mind of the dirty honey's first full length debut album called dirty honey what did you think of this album? Yeah, let's go ahead and let's do the criticism first. Uh, okay. Eight songs, 29 minutes. Come on, boys. <laughs> like, come yeah. on, boys. Come on. Now, of course, last week uh, we hit up Greta Finn Fleet for giving us an hour and five minutes. I was trying to think of uh-huh. what to me is the profit, what the appropriate album is. I'm going 13 songs, 52 minutes, Mike. That's what I'm looking for. 13 okay. songs. I mean, I, 52 I, I can agree minutes. with that. I can agree with um, that. Yeah. I'm, I'm disappointed that it was only eight tracks because now we got two albums from Dirty Honey and they are they still have not made the hour long mark <laughs> for their, their no. two albums. But uh-huh. I will state uh, I really enjoy these eight songs. Uh, really good rock and roll. Uh, not not really dirty rock and roll, but it, it's it's no. getting to that 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 it's it's like a, it wants to be on the cusp of getting over the dirty, but it's more polished than dirty. Uh, but I, I think California Dreaming tied up. You know the songs that were already out there are really the best songs so far, but it's because I've heard them over and over again. So California Dreaming uh, tied up to me right now. My favorite song is Gypsy. Um, yeah. I, I was really impressed with this album. Um, I like their their EP. Uh, so now we got 14 songs from from plus their Aerosmith cover. Um, so I I want to see them at Rocklahoma this year because uh, I, I think we're on to something here. Um, I'm just disappointed it was 
an eight song full length album. <laughs> but okay. uh, that's that's crossing hairs. I, I didn't think any of the songs were bad. Um I, I think the uh, the last song, Another Last Time, was a um kind of a slower tune, so uh, where the others were, you know, straight ahead rock and roll. And I, I dug yeah. the last song as well, Another Last Time I also thought it was a good song. So I really don't have any criticisms uh, about the music. Um I liked everything that I heard. I just wanted more at the end, which I guess is really the goal of a band to, to provide to you. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it definitely wanted, it left me wanting more just because of the fact that it was long. I mean, it's solid songs throughout. Um, nothing that really wowed me like I was expecting it to, I guess. Um, that EP they put out before this was, was solid, strong. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was a lot of, I felt a lot of blues blues influence in a lot of their songs um i was kind of looking for that a little bit of a slower groove on a couple of songs um i didn't get that i mean it's still a great album i liked it but again i just wanted it more um i just hope they don't go the way of greta van fleet where they start out really really strong on an ep and even you know this album not much longer than an ep um and they don't they just fade away so I like the album, but it just it it didn't wow me like you know Offspring or Chevelle or even Pretty Reckless. So yeah, it, was, I was, it made me want to look up what the difference between an EP and an LP was because their their EP is only twenty three minutes long, but uh, their LP right. is only six minutes longer. So it's like uh, right uh, that that's the bare minimum to uh, that's the bare minimum LP that they could provide. So they say they say an EP is like four to six songs or something like that, you know. Where as opposed to a full length album has, you know, anywhere from I can't remember what it said, like eight, eight to thirteen. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they gave so, us the eight. They gave us the minimum. So so instead of calling, you know, calling it an LP, they should just call it an EP and XL EP. I don't know. <laughs> Let's get a new category in there. So EP with but, EP with bonus tracks. Yeah. So where does this fall in your rankings? Is it in a top five? No. No, it's not no. going to be in my top five. Um, I'm I'm going to keep my top five. I'm actually going to keep my top six as it is. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'm trying to look at my trying to think of my list. All of a sudden, let's see here. Last week I put Offspring at number seven, NF at number six, Chevelle five, Pretty Reckless four, Food Fighters three, Data Remember two, Evanescence one. So I'm going to put it uh, behind the Offspring at okay. number eight. So it wow. will come in at number eight. It's a, it's better than Greta Van Fleet. I think right. if they could have gave us 10 or 15 more minutes, I think we could be on to something. But I, I say this not knowing. So one, I think the Foo Fighters is only like 40 minutes long, but that's still 10 extra minutes. I'm going number eight. Number eight for gotcha. Dirty Honey. I had them at number four. Um, so Foo Fighters drops out of the top five. So we got Offspring, Chevelle, Pretty Reckless, Dirty Honey, and A Day to Remember. So... That's where I sit with it. I mean, it was still a good album. Um, better than, you know, obviously those ones that dropped. So <laughs> not yeah. better than the Pretty Reckless Chevelle or Offspring. Hmm. Okay. All right. No issues well, there. Not, no issues there. Okay, cool. We're moving right along here. Um, so that brings us to the list for this week. Um, I, I feel like my lists are not nearly as controversial as yours um when i choose them i tend to choose ones that aren't gonna make me angry so 
This one uh, was. Uh, let me. Can we just say my lists are not controversial? It's just that you don't accept my list. And I accept your list because our show is called No Judgments Here. So who am I to judge what your list is? Meanwhile, See, you have a you have an opposite feeling. You're like, I'm gonna yeah. judge your list. Your list is shit. You didn't follow the rules. <laughs> Get it out of there. So that's I just want to make sure that we understand the difference between your list and my list. See, you know, and I always thought the title was just kind of tongue in cheek, because you know, that's really what we do is we judge. We're judging big judgersons. Oh, well, shit. I mean, we're talking, we're talking, I mean, we're talking about, we do judge everything. Yeah, yeah, every single thing. Damn it. I never, I never thought about that. All right. All right. Moving on. Moving on. So, our top, our list this week was our top five venues that we enjoy seeing shows at. Yeah. So, you know, pretty straightforward. There's really, you know, nothing to really debate on it besides just listing it and maybe talk about why we like that place. Yeah. Um, so I'll start number five, the Armory in Minneapolis. Now I've only seen one show in that place, and that was Alice in Chains, but it was a pretty cool little, cool little venue. Um, you know, it was pretty wide open. You know, they had bars along the sides of the place, and then they had seating up in the balcony area. So mm-hmm. you didn't really have to leave the hall to go get a beer or, you know, go to the restroom even. I mean, the restrooms were right there along the side as well. So, you know, you pretty much were still just in this. It was a small club, but it was, I mean, it wasn't necessarily small, small, but yeah, I've been in smaller places, but it was just, it was set up nice, you know, mm-hmm. so you didn't really have to leave the floor to see the place. But I definitely would like to see more shows at that place. And in fact, that's where Deftones is playing at. So, yeah. That that might be a possibility for me. So, and it's 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 a newer venue, right? It's like within <laughs> well, the last five years, correct? This version of it is. There has been other concert venues in this place, mm-hmm. um, and it's an old place. I mean, the Minneapolis Lakers used to play there when the Lakers were were mm-hmm. there. So, I mean, it's an old old building, but I think it's been other venues before it was the Armory. Okay, I'd have to double check that, but. Interesting. What's your number five? Uh, I struggled with this list, Mike. It was uh, really because there's there's a lot of venues I really have like nostalgic memories of that I right. just don't frequent anymore. And I was like, do I really want to put a venue on there that I haven't seen a show at like twenty something years ago? And then like what you had with the Armory, I was like, do I want to put a venue where I've only seen like one or two shows on there? But then I started looking at the venues that I frequent a lot, and I'm like, I mean, there's really nothing great about this venue. It's just the most convenient venue. So I I struggled making this list, so I'm going to start. Number five is the Amp here in Rogers. Uh, This this venue has now is the number one venue I've seen the most shows at. I've seen 40 shows at the Amp at this point. Um, It started in the parking lot of the Northwest Arkansas Mall as one of the worst locations for a fucking venue you could ever imagine. It was literally on the parking lot you were on pavement uh but uh, when it was there in fateville i saw primus there a couple of other acts uh they then temporarily moved it uh, to the washington county Fair- fairgrounds uh, here in fateville another just really hideous place for a venue um and there was really nothing special about it um, but i saw like alex alan jackson and alabama shakes and diplo when it was at that particular location they finally got a permanent place 
excuse me, as I'm belching over here, they finally got a permanent place over in Rogers, and it's just in this ridiculous area still. Uh, yeah. Because it's it's just commercial area, man. It's right next to the interstates. On one side yeah. of the amp, you have the NBC Suites. On the other side of the amp, you have this hideous uh, top golf venue with their large freaking net. And th- there's a picture I took at the Anthrax show where Anthrax and, is, and Scott Ian's on the big screen. And behind the big screen, you can see the Chick-fil-A sign. Ridiculous. And you look over the interstate and there's, what, Cabela's and Target. Yeah. Um, and there's a giant mall over there. It's just, I mean, there's probably 25 con- uh, restaurants within walking distance of this venue. But having said all that, all the negative stuff, uh, when the lights go out and the music comes on, I love an outdoor concert. It's probably my favorite thing in the world. And I just kind of love just sitting there in the field uh, with 10,000 other people um, and just kind of taking it all in so because of all of that the fact that i've been there 40 times and i I always have a good experience there i'm putting the amp as my number five my home venue my number five favorite venue i dig it see that place holds ten thousand people yeah now i i I think they actually added a thousand so we're up to eleven thousand now um they they yeah that surprises me just because of the fact of where it's located you know, I mean, obviously, I've been down there. I've never been to the venue, but I've been down that way numerous times. And where it sits, it's just like, okay, that's got to be a small place. But I mean, obviously, they're fitting eleven thousand people in there. That's that's insane. Yeah, yeah, they they definitely fit them in there, boy. Because uh, you know, like when I saw Chris Stapleton there, man, we they fit as many people in every inch of that venue as they possibly could. Weezer and Panic at the Disco as well. Uh, they just they fit people. I think the I think the uh, the GA lawn is probably like seventy percent of okay. the capacity, and they just fit as many people in there as, as possible. Um, and, and so now they they redid it to over last year. Um, it's supposed to be even more beautiful now, um, and even a better place to see a show. And I look forward to having that opportunity at some point. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, eleven thousand still on this is on the small side. You know, most amphitheaters going to be fifteen thousand and above. Uh, so Walmart Amp's really doing a good job of bringing in some really cool shows to the uh, yeah. Amp area. Because after yeah, Georgia, they always again, which is six hundred people, we don't have any other venues. So it goes from six hundred seat Georgia's to eleven thousand seat Amp, and those those are our two music venues here in town to choose from. Right. Well, I mean, and I'm always impressed with the Amp lineup. You know, because we talk about it obviously outside of the podcast and stuff like that. Because mm-hmm. obviously we've only been doing this for a little while, but you know, there's always good shows down there. But it just again, it just surprised me that where it's located, it just holds that many. So someday I'll be yep. able to get down there and see a show there. So I'm pretty hopefully you know, so. Hopefully right? so. My criteria, while I should have let off with that, was just the overall vibe of the venue. No matter how many times I've seen a show there or whatever be the case, so I left off arenas just because I feel that arenas to me aren't they don't give off great vibes. You know, I mean, Pinnacle Bank's a good place to see a show. I mean, I don't think there's really a bad place, to, a bad, bad sheet, a bit, 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 bad <laughs> seat in the place. Mm-hmm. But it's just, again, it doesn't give you a, a vibe. You know what I mean? So I do. I understand. That's where I went with that. So number four on my list was uh, another place that I only saw one show at, but it was a really cool place, was the Midland in Kansas City, where we yeah. saw Highly Suspect. That was a beautiful place. 
the lobby area was awesome. The balcony seating was awesome. You still felt like you were, you know, close to the show. Um, I don't know if it was just that show. The sound quality wasn't great, but I mean, again, it was just a really cool place to see a show and another place that I hope to see more shows at. So, yeah, it's my number four. Yeah. Kin City has some uh, some cool venues. Um, it's a place I, I used to frequent often for shows, um, um, and, and I hope to, to get back there again soon. Uh, for, for number four for me, based off of your arena garbage that you just spewed out there, uh, uh-huh. just joking. I'm going with Madison Square Garden. Uh, <laughs> New York okay, City. so that's an iconic place, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah I, I mean, I could I could get that, but come on, Pinnacle Bank. Um, that place, the place down in, uh, uh, well, I, Tulsa, I will say Tulsa, Oklahoma city. Yeah. I will say that I think BOK center in Tulsa has a way to make it, it, it has a way to make a concert feel intimate. I definitely know what you're stating to me. Uh, the, the BOK center does a, a pretty good job of making a show feel more intimate than what it is. And I'll say this about Madison square garden. You're exactly right with uh, iconic Madison square garden was on my bucket list of venues. I wanted to see, and I was looking for the perfect show. And really I was like, I was waiting for Pearl jam, but then when you two announced the tour, I was like, it was on yeah. Erica's birthday. I was like, I gotta go. Um, so uh, the day we went, uh, Bill and Hillary Clinton were in the crowd. Uh, Lady Gaga was sitting with them. Bruce Springsteen showed up to sing a couple songs with YouTube, and we we got in the venue rather early. And man, I just sat there and I just like I was just in awe with the venue. And then the the show by itself was awesome. You know, it's it's if you have an opportunity and you love concerts, you should definitely. Definitely check out a show at Madison Square Garden because ultimately you hear it all the time. Every, yeah, almost every artist that starts touring, they want to play Madison Square Garden because that's the biggest and the bestest arena in the world, and that's the dream. Uh, so when you get to, uh, as a fan, I think you should you should hope for the same thing. You know, yeah, especially I if, mean, if if you follow a particular band, you should definitely want to eventually go see your favorite band at the biggest venue in the world, and that's Madison Square Garden. I agree. I mean, you know, that's one of those places, the iconic places you hear um, is Madison Square Garden and then obviously the Forum in L.A. Mm-hmm. You think about all the bands that have gone through and played the Forum. Um, you know, why wouldn't you want to go see them in a place like that? So, yeah, yeah. I, I get your I get the arena, the, the whole entire thing. But when you're talking about your canned, you know, cookie cutter arenas like Pinnacle Bank or What's uh-huh. the one down in Oklahoma City where, where the Chesapeake Thunder play? Yeah, Chesapeake. You know, uh, the CHI Health Center, which was the Quest Center, mm-hmm. you know, up in Omaha. You know, it, it, to me, it just doesn't give off a cool vibe. So, sure. That's just me. So, number three for me, um, just along with that, was Pinewood Bowl um, in Lincoln, Nebraska. It's just in a, a city park called Pioneers Park small venue i don't even know how many it holds but um you would think with it being in a city park that it would be i don't know it's a really cool place have you ever been there have you ever seen the show there no i had uh, i had tickets to see uh, mumford and sons mumford with and you sons, and yep. uh, yeah you and dg but i ended up not going because yep. i saw iron maiden the day before so i did not make the trip that was the only right. uh, opportunity i had to see a show there you know and i wish they got more bands there that i like obviously sticks and collective solar plan there um but it's a really cool place it's just lined with trees once you walk in there you know you really just can't see 
anything else around you. So, I mean, it's really mm-hmm. intimate, really, you know, a small place, but you know, I saw Muffin and Sons there. I saw Alice in Chains with Hail Storm there. Um, so, you know, I just wish they would get a lot more bands in there that I like in order to go frequent it, but it's a really cool place. So that's yeah. number three on my list. Okay. Uh, number three on my list is a place called the farm or also known as great stage park. Uh, this is where Bonnaroo is held. Okay. Um, and this is just, it's in the middle of nowhere. It's a giant farmland. Um, there's no concern about, uh, um, curfews. Uh, so right. the music never ends. Uh, and they've done a great job of just building this into a freaking massive music venue and it's all it's used for and now they're starting to have concerts on the farm finally after years of talking about it um i was really excited when they had that rock festival there a couple of years ago uh, i've been waiting for a fall rock festival and then uh, it was one and done uh, they they canceled it due to yeah. ticket sales after that um but it, it, it's a absolutely beautiful place to see a concert um they have what six or seven giant stages um they're some of these stages are at the top of the line when it comes to uh, what tech is doing, you know, um, with technology, uh, when it comes to stages, it's just, it, it, you know, the place holds 80,000 people. Sometimes it can be overwhelming. It is a lot of work. It is a lot of walking. Uh, the campgrounds are massive as well. Uh, but it's just an absolute and and bands bring their A game to Bonnaroo, man. Um, because you know, outside of Coachella, uh, it's the you know it's it's the biggest festival in America. So I mean, people come to the farm. They they want to put on iconic performances. Um, so I, I've always had a great, great, great time at Bonnaroo uh, and everything that it represents. They I radiate bet. positivity, as they say there at Bonnaroo, Mike. Um, and it's it's nice. a crazy place to be. It's a, it's a great community uh, to be at. Well, someday, someday I'll you know as long as they have a good lineup that you know I could war in it you know i would yeah. definitely like to go so um number two for me was is, is kind of eh, i threw it in there because i always have a good time there rocklahoma um pre-2000 <laughs> pre pre-2019 though um i wasn't too fond of the way they set up 2019 um and i say that because they moved the second stage to a place where we actually had to get up and move <laughs> um, we've always been it's always been nice because we could you know how they had it set up they had three stages kind of right in a row and we would pick our center place mm-hmm. and you know closer to the second stage so you know we could divert our attention to the second stage and then watch the first stage you know even though we were further away there still was video screens and whatnot but we would just sit there and we would just chill you know and listen yeah. to the music if there was something we wanted to see and get closer we would get up and walk over there and watch it um, mm-hmm. so I always had a good time there, even with the weather issues. Um, it still was a cool place, you know, big ass field, great people watching, you know, just, uh, just a good time. So <laughs> I, I don't mind that. Uh, it, it kind of in a way like Bonnaroo, it, it's out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, yep. you're not really concerned about, um, curfew, even though they do end every night about 1130, but the, uh, you know, the campgrounds are going at all times. It, right. It, it is a cool place to, to see a concert. I, I would state if they would get rid of those fucking benches, I, I could probably put it in my top five. Until yeah. they until they remove those benches, though, um, that is a 
just a, a huge annoyance to me that those benches remain there at Rocklahoma uh, after all these years. And it doesn't look like they're ever going to leave. And I don't no. really get it. Um, but then it, it's it's such a weird place because it has such a county fair vibe to a rock and roll show because all of us in the general admission area are also sitting. <laughs> yeah. So the only place where you really get like the true rock and roll, uh, you know, uh, energy is at the second stage. Um, right. That's where the most fun happens. Um, otherwise, everybody's kind of sitting and chilling. I don't have an issue with that. I'm 42 now. I'm fine right. sitting and chilling and listening to music and, and what, like you stated, people watching. So it's a it's an interesting venue. They need to get rid of those benches. But even you know, but even when the second stage was closer to the first stage and we were still sitting, you know, there was plenty of times where we wandered over to the second stage and got close. You yeah. know, to see, you know, dinosaur pile up or, mm-hmm. um, you know, I can't dead. remember it was all on the second stage. Dead. Yeah. Dead was incredible over there. Yeah. Nonpoint was over there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, so there's been a lot of good bands that have played the second stage. Steel Panther, um, you know, yep. where, you know, we've gotten up and wandered over and had a good time. So, Certainly. you know, yeah, you want to get close. But even if you think about it, if those benches weren't there, you know, and we saw this at, at Northern Invasion. We really didn't make our way that close to the stage during that festival. We kind of chilled back and, you know, watched some of that stuff. So, no, I agree. And I, I mean, I think that's the way it'd still be. It just feels like it's a different vibe, though. Yeah. Um, it, it's just a different vibe when everybody that the band can see is basically, you know, like what we did the, the years that we had VIP. We just got up and we uh-huh. sat on the back of the uh, the bench. And that's how yeah. we uh, that's how we rocked out, uh, sat right. and chilled, and that's how basically every single person around us was doing as well. So the only difference, and Trey would know the difference, would be the absolute pit, which is right in front right. of the stage, which right probably holds two hundred people total. I would I would imagine. Right, and and the price of those tickets, you know, you're not going to get a rough and edgier crowd down correct. there. So you know, a band like a band like Fever Three 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 should not be. While they are warranted of playing the main stage at Rocklahoma, mm-hmm. that vibe doesn't translate to the Rocklahoma crowd because of how it's set up over there. I agree. So, you know, that's why you don't see Hatebreed playing the main stage, you know, because yeah. that band, you know, you, you don't. Uh, that'd be boring. So, <laughs> what's your number two? Uh, my number two is uh, Kane's Ballroom, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, I've seen 16 shows here. Um, has a lot of history to it. It's been around for probably 80, 90 years at this place. Uh, at this time, it started as like a like a, it's a country jukebox place. Uh, they're big on Bob Wills at this particular venue. Um, I, I've seen some really, really good shows here. Um, it's a, I think, yeah, the first place I saw Limp Biscuit. I saw Limp Biscuit open for Primus. Um, basically, everybody's been through Canes, um, Foo Fighters, you know, Corn. Uh, they they just on their Instagram page today was talking about a concert in 1997 uh, that was headlined by KMFDM, uh, but the oh, wow. opening act was was Romstein. Uh, <laughs> so they were talking about that. Uh, so I mean, there's just been a lot of uh, great performances. Jack White loves Kane's Ballroom. Uh, he's probably played there I don't know 15 times over the last decade. I would say probably more. Oh wow. Um. Uh, so and Kane, and Jack White's bigger than Kane's Ballroom. But Jack White yeah. loves Kane's Ballroom so much he continues to play there. Um, it, it's just it's just got a cool feel to it, and like you stated, it's it's a lot more intimate. This is the first first place I saw Allison Chains was at Kane's Ballroom. 
uh, in a really awesome show. It's just a big ballroom, um, as its name is. So they, they have some bleachers on the side, but there's not a lot. They have a balcony, <coughs> but it's really, really small. I've never seen a show from up there. Um, it's just a giant ballroom in a really cool vibe. And it also has Oklahoma Joe's uh, next door to it, uh, which is a great barbecue. Uh, so you right. can have some barbecue and also see the show. So right in downtown Tulsa, if you've never seen a show at Kane's Ballroom, this is one of the best venues I think you can see a concert in. All right, put it on the list. Places that I need put, to see a show at. So Put it on the list. Put it on the list. All right, well, cool. That brings me to my number one and People probably won't be surprised by that. Sokol Auditorium. Hmm. Um, I love that place. I mean, it is an absolute shithole. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I think of all the shows that I've seen at that place. And, you know, Alice and Chains, first time I saw them was there. Mudvayne, first time I saw them was there. Disturbed, even though I don't remember it. Um, <laughs> Flyleaf, Clutch, Hell Yeah, um, Chevelle. Finger 11 was with them at that show. I mean, it was just overall just a great place to see a show. I mean, it's uh, basically, I, you know, just like you, like the ballroom. It's just, that's all it is. Um, you know, there is a, there is a balcony area, which we tend to sit up in or stand up in. You know, I think it just gives you a better view of the show itself. But I mean, mm-hmm. I, just, I love that place and I can't wait to go there. Um, I, I want to take, you know, my kids there. I mean, Kaylee, my oldest has been there. She's seen a couple shows there, but you know, to take, you know, Courtney and Kane or whoever else just to, to take them there and see the vibe of this is, I think that's a place that everybody says she has see a show at. Yeah. I really enjoyed the balcony there at Sokol, um, especially for the hard rock shows. So uh, you get an yeah. overview of the, uh, the crowd uh, rocking out uh, as well as a really cool view of the stage. Um, so yeah, that's a, that's a good venue uh, for me. Um, you know, yeah, I, I think if anybody goes to this venue, you're going to put it at the top. So I've seen, I believe it's four shows. Um, it's Red Rocks Amphitheater in Morrison, Colorado, outside Denver. Um, it's just the most beautiful place to see a concert you can imagine. All right. I don't know what Man. happened. And we're back. I thought you were disgusted. You were disgusted by my number one being Red Rocks. No, not a, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> not at all. All right, so yeah, um, technical difficulty. We got dropped. No big deal. Will said number one is is Red Rocks. Go ahead, back into your explanation of why this place. Yeah, it's it's just a beautiful natural place. You're inside this mountain. It, it's all like you know. It's it's just you feel like you're part of nature at this particular show. Much like what you see with Bonnaroo or Madison Square Garden. I think bands when they perform Red Rocks, really appreciate the fact that they're performing at this venue, so you get a little bit of extra oomph uh, from the bands as well. I saw Radiohead uh, there. Um, uh, I saw Soundgarden and uh, Nine Inch Nails there. Uh, I wish I would have saw more shows there because when I lived in McCook, I was only three and a half hours away, and I went to Denver a lot for concerts. Uh, so I wish it during that time. I had tickets to see Cold Chamber and Insane Clown Posse, uh, at Red Rocks, I remember that, but I also I ended up buying tickets to see Lauren Hill and the Roots on that same day, so I went to Lauren Hill and the Roots instead. Um, but it's just a beautiful place, and we I'm usually at the uh, near the top of Red Rocks, and Eric and I went and saw Cage Elephant there as well. I do want to mention that. Um, and when you're at the near the top of Red Rocks, you can see like miles and miles. I like, can see the Denver 
uh, skyline um, and you see all the planes coming into Denver and you kind of get like lost and mesmerized and like just being out in nature uh, with the music as well. It's just a beautiful place to see a concert. It's, it's one of those places you can have a spiritual experience going with the concert as well. It's awesome. Everybody should go to Red Rocks at least once. Spiritual. I dig it. I love the fact that you throw that in there. I've always wanted to see a show there. Um, I think, again. All right. Um, here, we go. here we go. All right. Sweet. So I was saying we looked at this place for probably the last, I don't know, however many years, trying to find something that we want to go to or I want to go to or whatever. But we never just seem to be able to work out the logistics. So yeah. hopefully, you know, something comes along soon. Um where we get more touring, obviously, and more bands that want to go back to that place. So, you know, as soon as we get this pandemic over, everybody gets vaccinated, everybody's happy. Let's get it going. So let's go. That's a good number one, Will. I like it. Thank you. Now, I did want to say I looked up my stats on concertarchives.com. I've been, to, uh-huh. I've seen concerts at 211 venues. So it was difficult wow. coming up with the top five. I left off some good places uh, out there. And there's a couple of venues out there that I, I haven't been to yet. One is the Gorge in George Washington. The other one is Hollywood Bowl um, in California. I really, yeah. those are my two bucket list venues that I really want to go to. Um, that hopefully one of these days I can say I attended a show there. Yeah, that'd be cool. I didn't even think about that. They still show, they still have shows at the Hollywood Bowl. Yeah, they actually are going to announce their summer concert season on May 11th. So be on the lookout there. Right but on. yeah, I mean, basically everybody's still, I mean, Hollywood Bowl is where that Lincoln Park uh, uh, yes. tribute concert okay. to uh, yeah. Chester Bennington happened. Oh, okay. Okay. All right, yeah. So, and then obviously, you know, the Doors have played there. I mean, numerous other people have played there as well. So, um, cool. Well, hell, that's it. Unless you got anything else. Now uh, we got we got more, Mike. Let's uh, let's let let me give you an update on the Billboard charts. Uh, oh yes, number number one this week was an album. I don't know what is it is. It's called Slime Language Two. Mike uh, is the number one album. It's a twenty three track. A project that showcases young stoner lives family of artists such as Gunna, Yak, Gotti, Little Duke, T-Shine, and Little Keed, as well as acts from outside the younger stone life camp, including Drake, Little Uzi's Vert, Big Sean, Nav, and Future. Uh, young Thug uh, is the creator of Slime Language 2. That's the number one album this week, Mike. Uh, so I did want to throw that out there. Who? Uh, <laughs> every, everybody I just said. Those are those young... That's the, those are the young <coughs> representatives of rap, Mike. So... Number one album this this week comes from uh, Slime Language 2, Young Stoner Life, 300 record label. It's the third number one album for the Young Stoner Life label following Gunna's Wanna in 2020 and label chief Young Thug's So Much Fun in 2019. Uh, that creates Taylor Swift to fall back to number two. Morgan Wallen continues to do his thing with number three. Justin Bieber's number four. Eric Church, actually, I, I thought he would be number one. He comes in at number five with his heart album. Um, and then where was Greta Van Fleet? Let me take a look here. Rod Waves, number six. Greta Van Fleet, top ten. I didn't expect that. Number seven. Really? Greta Van Fleet. Wow. Yeah. That's so pretty that's impressive. A, I mean, that's, that's a pretty... Good for them. You know, number seven. I dig it. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm surprised. Um, yeah, I thought that Eric Church would be higher than it was. I actually listened to that album. And it wasn't bad. I mean, okay. First, that was well, my first experience with Eric Church. So, well, you know, Mike, hold on bad. to that thought because I did want to let you know that my re- my reviews for next week, uh, uh, obviously, uh, everybody celebrate. It's Royal Blood Week. Uh, it's yeah. officially here. Typhoons is here, ready to be released. We've been would have been getting teases about this for like what five months at this point yeah uh yeah. it's finally royal blood week typhoons is coming out on friday that's the obvious go-to review um yep. leading up to friday uh i want to to review eric church's heart and soul uh, all three of them i think okay. all three of them combined are like an hour and 20 minutes long uh in that area uh soul just came out last friday the ampersand came out uh, on 420 and heart came out the, the friday before that uh, so an opportunity. I'm glad you already took the time to listen to it since you had no idea who Eric Church was. So an opportunity to review Heart and Soul. Uh, I struggled with the list, Mike. I could not come up with my My brain was just not clicking. But you have on. a list of lists. I know. I know. I, I just struggled. But uh, I, I ultimately ended up. And if you have another, if you have a list, you can certainly uh, bring us one. The list I came up with is top five 80s hair metal albums. Ooh. Yeah, no, I can get down on that. Okay. All right. I can and get down then, on uh, that. So the last thing, Mike, uh, obviously, Rocklahoma speculation. We continue to wait uh, for any news whatsoever on when a lineup is going to happen. So right. uh, as, a, as a reminder, everybody, here's our Rocklahoma lineup that Mike and I have speculated so far. Slipknot, Five Finger Death Punch, Avenged Sevenfold, Stained, Hellstorm, Dirty Honey, Rob Zombie, Bad Flower, Chevelle, Pretty Reckless, Papa Rope, Steel Panther, Jackal, Buck Cherry, Down, Rat, Phil and Selma, Plane of Vulgar Display of Power, uh, Pop Evil, Offspring, uh, excuse me, a vulgar, vulgar Display of Pantera, uh, Pop Evil, The Offspring, Glorious Sons, Nothing More. Mike, do you have two new entries to okay. provide us for Rocklahoma? All right. So I'm going to kind of cheat. Okay. Because we mentioned it earlier. All right. Dep- Deptones. Okay. And Beartooth. Deftones and Beartooth, okay. I, I certainly hope that uh, Deftones finds their way on the bill. They will be in Nashville. We know for certain that particular weekend, and we're hoping that we can see them on the Rocklahoma bill. They have played Rocklahoma once before. It's the one festival or the one a year I did not go to Rocklahoma in the last eight. Um, and I do want to always, always uh, put out the, the disclosure there. The following bands will not be playing Rocklahoma. The Foo Fighters, no. <laughs> Pearl Jam, ACDC, Guns N' Roses, Tool, Romstein, Marilyn Manson, Rage Against Machine, Metallica, Iron Maiden, Bon Jovi, Kiss, Judas Priest, Aerosmith, Nine Inch Nails, Smashing Pumpkins, Green Day, Weezer, Royal Blood, Run the Jewels, Disturbed, and Mudvayne. So there you go. And that was the list. Uh, I'm going a little bit to lower down the build than you did with Deftones and Beartooth there, Mike. I'm going okay. with uh, Candlebox, who will Ooh. have a new album yes. uh, somewhere around that time of Labor Day weekend. And then uh, Theory of a Dead Man is who I will be Ooh. adding. Okay. Okay. I dig it. I dig it. Theory and of I a think, Dead Man. Yeah. Theory. theory. So hopefully we'll get some news, but uh, I, they're not hinting that news is coming. <coughs> so no. I'm just going to continue to say that's not going to happen. So there yeah, we go. I mean, I. So, but we were talking about this in our little group chat. You mentioned that they generally release the lineup January or February, right? Mm-hmm. That is so that's about that's usually about three months before Rocklahoma. So I think mm-hmm. that you know we're going to hear something in the next few weeks. 
Yeah, I think I. I mean, May seems like it has to be the month that the, the lineup will come out. Um, I'm wondering if they're holding out till like Memorial Day weekend because that's the the weekend where Oklahoma always happens. Yeah. Uh, before they drop a lineup, but I don't really think strategically that makes any sense. Um, but perhaps it could be like, hey, I know we usually are meeting up on this particular weekend, but since it's not happening in this particular year, how about a lineup? But I hope that we don't have to wait another full month uh, to see a lineup. I'm hoping within the next two to three weeks, right. we'll be able to sit down and, and talk about and discuss our pluses and minus the pros and cons of the Rocklahoma lineup to be. Yeah, I'm kind, of, I'm kind of thinking I got it. I need to drop a Vim Sevenfold from my my list, but I'm gonna keep them on, uh, just because I haven't. Uh, Vim Sevenfold has not shown up on any festivals out there. And yeah, Rock that Oklahoma, and just news news out of that camp is yeah, is really quiet. really quiet. So it's quiet. Um, one of the little pieces that I saw something interesting on Instagram, um, highly suspect, is I think wrapping up in the studio. Um, it was kind of a vague post, but there was a bunch of other bands that were listed. So mm-hmm. I don't know if it's going to be a compilation album or something like that, but we p- could possibly have some new highly suspect. Well, that's at good some because point this year. we have been patiently waiting to get the taste of that last album out of our mouths. So uh, I'm, right. I'm, I'm excited to hear what highly suspect has been up to and how they are going to redeem themselves. Cause they have certain, they certainly heard the criticism also, um, of what we'll get from the highly suspect group. And I think that kind of brings back a, uh, I think a new, an idea for a new segment that mm-hmm. we should do um, as well as, you know, cause there's been bands that have released, you know, very, very subpar or what are considered subpar albums. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we should revisit these subpar albums, <laughs> you know, however long after a release, and give it another fresh listen and see if it really is as bad as we remember it. <laughs> okay. Uh, I don't mind that. That's uh, that's that's a good idea. Let's let's roll with it. I think the first one we should do and should be Chinese democracy. <laughs> oh, so you're going you're going way back. Yeah, I'm gonna go way back. Okay. All right. I'm gonna go way back. Um obviously I think that was released in two thousand and eight after however many years of development and however many times he scrapped mm-hmm. the album itself. Um, I will say this, we did see them in concert just a few years ago and they played a bunch of stuff off of Chinese democracy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, you know, it wasn't bad. Um, but I think that should be the first one we do. I think we should add that in because we're not really doing a throwback. We're doing two albums as well, but still, who cares? It's not like we don't have time. Yeah, we got time. We can do it. I'm, 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 all, I'm for it. I support it. Uh, Chinese democracy put it on the list. I'm ready to discuss it. Excited about that. Also excited about all. I mean, there's, there's a lot of bands with a lot of mediocre albums. <laughs> um, yeah, a lot of great bands who, who released a mediocre album in their catalog. Um, I'm definitely excited about this opportunity to discuss in the future. So. Let's do it. Chinese we could also, we could also, all right, never mind. We'll, we'll do that another time. I like your list for next week, but I think also as well, maybe we should do a top five list of great bands, <laughs> shitty albums. <laughs> yeah. Keep that, keep that in mind for your list next week. Uh, well, that, we'll lock it in. That's what we'll do. Yeah. Lock it well, in. Cool. Um, 
I had one more thing, and I think it just uh, skipped. Oh, Flip Mike, we, we we went uh, we went vinyl shopping this week. We got to throw it yes. in, right? Yeah, well, I think so. I mean, yeah. yeah. What, what did you pick up? Well, so uh, I follow my record store on Instagram, and on Friday morning they put up they always put up pictures of yep. their new vinyls that came in. Um, and on Friday morning, man, they had basically every single Pantera album <laughs> on their new releases. I, I saw Vulgar Display of Power, which is the one Pantera vinyl I had. I saw Far Beyond Driven. I saw Cowboys from Hell. I saw Reinventing the Steel. Um, I'm trying to think if there was one other album on there, but I think that's all of them. And I was excited. I tried to call them on my break. They didn't answer. Um, I sent them a message on Instagram, but I forgot to check it. Uh, so really, I was at the mercy of time. Um, when I got off work and we put Pearl to bed around seven, I went to Block Street. This was probably 10 hours after they posted the picture. Wow. Uh, Pantera was nowhere to be found. It was all sold out. I don't know how uh, many copies. I don't think they had a lot of copies, but uh, they had one of each. They did state that more copies are coming in next week. So I'll try to do it again. Uh, this time I'll make the phone call. I'll, I'll keep calling until I can say, hey, hook me up. Please reserve this for me because – uh, Cowboys from Hell and Far Beyond Driven are both on my my list of vinyls I want to buy, which is down to 50 now. But I was able to do a little bit of shopping while I was there. Um, I had to walk out of the store because I was seeing a lot of good stuff. But I ended up buying Temple of the Dog, finally. Been in searching yes. for many moons for this Temple of the Dog album. So I got that vinyl, and then I got uh, Tool Lateralis. I, I think we had just talked about this a couple weeks ago and how difficult yeah. it is to find Tool vinyls out there. So I got that, and then the uh, the third one was uh, Nine Inch Nails, uh, Broken, uh, which was uh, I was also very excited to see. So it, it just adding to my Nine Inch Nails vinyl collection, as I, I think this is my fourth Nine Inch Nails vinyl to have. So I, I ended up with a good trio. Uh, I was a little disappointed not to get the Pantera collection, but uh, we'll see if we can try it again this coming Friday. Right, yeah. See, and, and my record store does the same thing, Buffalo um, Buffalo Records, Aaron Carney. Um, they put their stuff up on Thursdays of what what they get what they're getting out there. Um, they too had some Pantera, um, so I went down there yesterday afternoon. Um, I picked up Vulgar Display of Power. They didn't have any other ones. Um, I think they only had this and Cowboys from Hell. So one out of two is not bad. I got uh, Metallica Kill 'Em All because I didn't have that one. Zach Brown Band, The Foundation, their uh, debut. I picked up a George Strait for for uh, Kathy. She really loves her some George Strait. In fact, she still claims that she's going to marry him. Hmm. Um, so I don't know. But um, just kind of a greatest hits album. Um, what else did I pick up? I picked up Tina Turner. Tina Turner, yes. Private Dancer. And uh, the new Chevelle album as well. So nice. Which and then you guys, of, you guys kinda, nerded out after that, right? Yes. Um, yeah. I uh, had been. My stuff gets jumbled up every once in a while, and I haven't been keeping. I keep a list of every single vinyl I have because I have a tendency to forget what I got, and I end up buying duplicates. <laughs> um, so my kids benefit from that because obviously I just give the duplicates to them. Um, so I had to go through and update and reorganize all of my vinyl. Um, I did it this time by decade and instead of genre and decade, cause that was just getting a little too, I mean, that's breaking it down way too much. So we just put everything by decade. Uh, it took us three and a half hours. Mm. Um, I am up to 305 albums now. Wow. 
Um, wow. Yeah. So I figured once I get to 365, I'm going to stop for a little bit, maybe for a year. And maybe, well, I, I shouldn't say that. Um, I feel that's a little excessive because um, I'll still end up because there'll be something that'll come out that I want. Um, so then now, I listen, why 365? Because it's one per day? Yes. Okay. Exactly. So, you know, um, again, but something will come out. Record Store Day will drop, you know, something that I want. Um, you know, there'll be a reissue, hopefully, of, like, all Tool albums. That would be fantastic. Um, even though there's really – well, there's only two that I need. So, um, again – it's it's awesome. It's expensive. Um, I walked out of there spending you know over a hundred dollars, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, yeah. So again, I didn't get in trouble, but she wasn't too happy. It's <laughs> <laughs> funny, but yeah. So yeah, I mean, I love that place. Um, you know, again, anytime I can go to a record shop, um, it's just a nice get away from reality for a little bit. You know, sure. So, good times, my friend. Indeed. I was kind of. I'll tell you what. I was kind of bummed though. Um, I had to go back down there today. I opened up my Chevelle album and put the turntable. Didn't really look at it too much, but um, it wouldn't start playing. And I'm like, "What is going on?" I thought maybe my stylus was broken my on my turntable, but I pulled it off and looked, and there was a big gouge huh. right at the start of the album. Um, obviously the album hadn't been opened up or anything like that. So, you know, it was just a defect from the factory or whatever, but luckily they had another copy down there. So I swapped that out and I turned it up really, really loud today and laid on the floor with my head between the speakers and, (laughs) and just enjoyed myself. So perfect. Good. Yep. All right. Enough with that story. Good times. I don't know, man. I don't got anything else. You? That's it. I think we definitely uh, we keep going longer each and every week, Mike. I'll try. I know. I'll try to con- make my news a little bit more concise uh, next week. I don't mean for it to go thirty-five to forty minutes, so we'll try to drop less news next week to make it a little bit easier to listen for everybody. But as always, I-, I enjoy it. I appreciate it. Thanks for hanging in with us. If you're listening out there, uh, we're always looking for feedback and comments. If you ever take right. the time. Don't don't hesitate to text, message, uh, call in, whatever you got to do. Music, save exactly. Lives. Drop drop us some feedback on you know. Give us some ideas on how we could shorten our news segments. You know, <laughs> what is it that you want to hear us talk about most? Um, you know, we're open to anything. I mean, as we can see, we can go hours. So, mm-hmm. um, thank you everybody that does listen. The twenty five to thirty people, um, and the four people in Zimbabwe, and. Yes. All is well. Have a great week, folks. We'll talk to you again next time. Happy Royal Blood Week, everybody. Yeah, buddy. Talk to you soon.